Hello there. Welcome to Digging Deep. I'm your host, Jordan Cameron. This is a podcast where I'll be bringing a series of interesting guests on to talk about their passions, beliefs, and views on the world. And through these conversations, I hope you can all go away, never being afraid to dig deeper into your everyday lives to find the truth, beauty, and new potentials and possibilities we can all truly achieve in this world. Today's guest is a very good friend of mine, Matt Campbell. We first got in contact through the highly successful rock band, Breaking Benjamin, and he has always been a positive ray of light in this world for me with his actions in this world. Matt, are you there, buddy? Hey, brother. How are you? Mate, it's been so long. I'm so glad to have you on the show. <laughs> I'm so good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost for words, really, at the moment, because um, the last time we spoke was um, 2017. And um, here we are again. <laughs> yeah, man, that's an absolute tragedy that it's been three years. I need to do better. Um, with keeping in touch with everybody and yeah man it's great to hear your voice um my brother across the pond man it's 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 been so long I'm so excited that you're doing this podcast thing I loved your first one with your brother I I learned a lot man it was great thank thank you it's what um I really wanted to try and get across it I guess through the message of um that you can go and dig deeper and find what um, we can all truly achieve in this world. So I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed that and you learned a lot. Thank you. <laughs> it really does mean a lot. And I just going on from what you said there, um, I've I'm just not you as well. I'll, I need to do better as well because um, 2017 was so long ago and um, I need to come over. I mean, I love flying over to the States. So I got to come over, fly, hang out with you again, brother. Feels like forever. <laughs> Yeah, man, as soon as you can, right? It's crazy times. Definitely. And um, that's actually leading up into my first question, actually, today. Um, I just want to know how you're holding up on your side of the pond. Um, uh, has life changed dramatically for you since COVID hit? I hope you're coping being away from your loved ones. Okay, my man. Um, For me, life has not changed dramatically because, I, as you know, I'm kind of a introvert anyway I think like going out to see you at that concert was probably like one of the few things I actually step outside to do um it sucks being far from so I live in St. George Utah now and I used to live in Ohio and so there's about a 2,000 mile difference there so yeah so it kind of sucks being away from like my family for all that because I'm just checking in via FaceTime and and, and I mean, you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing that I can do if one of them were to get sick or whatever anyway by being there. But it's just that thought in your head. Oh, I'm so far away from everybody and everything. But it's it hasn't been different for me. Um, I, I work with uh, mentally challenged individuals. So our work has been we've been kind of laying down the hammer hard with the rules and regulations. You know, you got to take your temperature to come inside got to wear a mask your full shift stuff like that um but my my day-to-day life has has not really changed much other than i guess hunting some more toilet paper right yeah because when this actually all hit like um i don't know what it was like for over on your side of the pond but um i know the toilet paper and uh pasta were literally just <laughs> like gold dust um what were the things that were like gold dust to you when this first hit yeah, man. Um, toilet paper is a big one. Um, all the antiseptic wipes, you know, um, stuff like that. All the, all the hand sanitizer. <laughs> people, 
I'm sure you've seen stories. I'm sure people were doing it over there too. People are just going around buying it out and then selling it on eBay and just being crappy human beings, you know. And uh, you know what's amazing though? You say like pasta and stuff. Like we did have a shortage of some food, but not not once did we have a shortage, at least where I'm at, in fruits and vegetables, which I mean just speaks volumes onto how unhealthy we are over here. <laughs> I mean, I do love your food over there. Don't get me wrong, man. It's <laughs> like, um, especially you, you guys do put on a lot of cheese on a lot of your food over there. So I'm, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's good for me. <laughs> right. And yeah, even going back to what you were saying about the hand sanitizer. I mean, it got so crazy over here at one point. I remember seeing on my um, newsfeed on Facebook that um, people were actually going, there was like, such a shortage of it that um people were going into like fast food restaurants before our lockdown was actually put in place they went to like burger king and mcdonald's and everything and i'm not even kidding right now man they started ripping off the hand sanitizer things in the bathrooms <laughs> and just taking them home <laughs> wow it was I think it was sort of like the first sign of um, a society collapsing. I don't know if um, any crazy things like that happened to where you are, because there's a seven hour time difference between us, which is mad. Oh, yeah, dude, it's crazy, man. Thanks for staying up late to uh, chat with me. I, I usually work overnight, so I'm just waking up and getting ready for the day. And it's crazy to think that it's dark and you're getting ready to wind down for the night. Yeah, man, it's um absolutely mad this time difference. That um especially it's something else that I want to tap in with technology later. But um I'm I'm absolutely honoured that I can have you on the show, especially like I said um since 2017, the last time we saw each other. But it's great to hear your voice again, man. <laughs> um, you were saying working with um uh, you work with mentally challenged individuals that um obviously you've had. Um, new measures put in place to obviously step up the hygiene wherever everywhere else has really um, the mentally challenged individuals has it been a tough um, battle to explain to them what actually is happening right now in the world or do, are they not understanding it oh dude yeah absolutely they're uh I, I mean yeah in general you know they're not the most they're not the most adept at keeping up on their hygiene, which is where, you know, the risk comes in for, for them and their ailments and their age. And uh, so some of them are just kind of, okay, like whatever, you know, we'll hang out and they're all on lockdown. Like they haven't gone outside. They haven't, um, they haven't been able to do a lot and it, it really sucks. And you can see it's taken a toll on them. And, uh, and yeah, a lot of them, they don't have the comprehension. They, they can't grasp what's going on. And so you're just, you know, you're saying, oh, you got to wear a mask. You got to do this. And they're thinking what? Because, you know, in their world, wh why? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, uh, I guess it's a challenge on you as well to sort of um, explain it, even though they don't understand it, I guess, in a way. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it, it's been it's been crazy, man. They've they're just they're kind of on lockdown and we're kind of waiting to see how you know how we're opening up and if there's going to be a second wave and there's there's so many variables at play it's just it's just about keeping them safe and uh it, it's been it's been rough on the employees too because you know you're doing 10 more things than you had to do before and it's it's been frustrating and then you know you see you see unemployment bumped up and you see all these people that just are choosing not to work I don't know how it is there but um so here like 
the unemployment rate, like the money that you'll get is increased by probably 25% until the end of sure. July. So, so there's a lot of jobs that are right on that fringe right there where you're going to make more money by not working and staying at home. So, you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother debate you got to have with yourself and your ethics. Like, is, is that the kind of person I'm going to be? Is there going to be repercussions, you know, for taking a couple months off? But, you know, if you have kids and family, man, I, you know, who can argue with you for not wanting to, you know, keep them safe? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I obviously know a lot of parents and um, younger parents as well now. And that um, I always ask them, what is it like to be a parent? What is it like when you have that first kid? And they always say to me, it's like, it's, it's a massive life changing moment. So you've always, I guess you've always got to think about them them first because it's their upbringing and what they'll take further on into their lives you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah um so uh I know as a world we've evolved so much in terms of modern medicine science and technology but um do you think we were ready for a world what COVID-19 was going to bring for us or do you believe as a world we needed to be prepared more prepared I guess for what was going to be on the horizon for us that you know that's tough to say because all this stuff that we're doing is amazing and it's also absolutely terrifying too right because because it's it's kind of like the superhero movies and stuff right like you've got you've got the people who want to keep it locked down and then you've got the people who want to exploit it and use it for you know nefarious reasons as well and it's it's truly amazing i I think the warning signs were there, like in this case, and, um, you know, you can go back and find all these tweets and articles of people trying to warn. And, and I mean, you look at that and you say, well, what are we doing? But at at the same time, you look at how many of those were probably written and brought to our attention that never panned out to be anything. Right. So, you know, who's to say like, oh, we should have looked into this. Right. Yeah, like those, um, we had that sort of idea that it was coming, but um, probably not at an alarming rate, um, if that's what you're trying to get at. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it, it's tough because, you know, nothing nothing in this world that we live in nowadays is, is like black and white. There's always two sides to everything. Like there's, it, it's a pretty popular theory here in Utah that you know like the flu is worse and this and this is nothing it's a it's a hoax or whatever right and uh it's just like it's just like man like let's just listen to the scientists who went to school for 12 plus years to do this and, and like not just regular people just talking because like we don't know you know so like i it goes back to what you're saying about people with kids like I don't know. Just be cautious, man. Listen to what people are saying. And because you know what? Like, yeah, maybe you don't care if you're getting people sick or whatever, but the people with kids care, you know, or the people who don't have a good immune system. I Like, I don't know, man, just stay at home if you're not willing to do what you got to do. I know. I don't know how it is there. I know here people are really stressed out about we got to go to Costco and masks and it's infringing on our rights and they're really not happy. Jesus. Um, so I've um, obviously I know your Second Amendment as a country, but um, 
does that wearing a mask infringe the rights sorry of your amendment or is it um actually staying in lockdown so yeah that's man that's great that you brought that up so the second amendment um is is like mainly our our gun one our right to bear arms but i think you're thinking of the first amendment um freedom which one's that sorry freedom of speech is our first amendment and stuff like that and so i think that's what you're thinking of because our second amendment is mainly about um the right to bear arms and have guns um but yeah people people act like they're just being like oppressed and held in chains man because they're asking like some stores are asking you to wear a mask and there's all these videos you've probably seen a bunch that i'm liking up or or retweeting on twitter or whatever of just these people getting so angry and yelling at the yelling at the workers in costco or or the general store whatever and it's just like like the store has its own right to make their own rules, right? To keep their employees safe. So if yeah, if you don't want to follow them, just don't go to that store. It's really black and white. Stay, like, stay at home, man. If if you're gonna have a crappy attitude about the rules, then stay at home because you don't have to follow them in your own house. Like I don't, I just don't understand where people get so crazy. Like there's there's plenty to be enraged about right now. I don't feel like oh, I gotta wear a mask for eight minutes while I walk into the gas station or whatever, right? Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's truly something. It is. It's like, um, you know, what all of our ancestors did in World War II, how they went out to go and fight for, you know, our freedom. And even in the modern day wars as well, you know, they go out and fight. And all, all we have to do as a society now, stay home much as we can, wash our hands, um, you know, don't make those unnecessary trips. And it, it's, it's kind of going back to what you said earlier about the, um, you know, listen to the scientists who actually, you know, spent those thousands of dollars going to university or college. I can't remember what you guys call it over there. <laughs> I think it's university. But, you know, listen to those scientists that actually sort of, you know, paid those the thousands and thousands of dollars who went to go to university to study genetics or anything like that. And then these crazy theories come up online that, you know, oh, Bill Gates and 5G caused the virus. I'm pretty sure you've heard of that one as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh, bro. Imagine being Bill Gates and like for I don't know how long he's been rich, at least 30 something years. Right. Um, but 30 something years, he's he's like done so much work in Africa, India, across the world, really. And just charity work. And given so much of his money, I think like 80% of his like will is is written out to charities and stuff. And I mean, he's just been doing so many things for so many people for so long. Right. And also, like he I don't know that he's solely I don't know my whole history on this, but he's a big part of, you know, computers and all the technology in front of us. Right. So imagine he invents yeah. all that, makes all this money, puts it back into the community and this is the same community that is using his technology to just get online and write crap about him, man. And I just, oh my gosh, like, what are we doing, man? I, it's truly wild, bro. Yeah, if, it feels like really is every day the world is falling more apart than it was the day before. And it, it kind of makes, I don't know about yourself personally, mate, but I kind of think that it's, it might just be better 
to just sort of stay quiet and not get involved in those crazy online theories that, um, like I said, Bill Gates and 5G are in a conspiracy to like wipe out half the population with coronavirus. And it's like, what? Where are people making this stuff up? I mean, that's just me personally. I mean, I like to remain neutral with a lot of people, but um, it's really crazy, man. I don't know what's going to come next on the horizon. Um, I, I don't know if you've got any theories about what will come out next. <laughs> okay, well, listen, man. So it's what? It's it's June? I don't even know. Yeah, it's June, right? So it's like halfway through yeah. the year, right? So we've had, we've had like... We've had COVID, we've had murder hornets over here. We've whatever the heck that is. I don't even know if that ended up being a real thing. Uh, you know, we had like the government, our government like released UFO footage and like between, between all the COVID stuff going on, it like nobody even blinked. Like, you know, normally you'd think that would be like a big moment or something. Everyone's like, eh, yeah, well that happened. So, I mean, it's only June, man. Who knows, who knows what's going to happen next. And it's like you say, it's not even so much what happens anymore for me. It's how people like completely go one side or the other with it. Like it's the reactions to it that blow my mind. Like, you know, the Bill Gates thing is a, is a good example. Um, but it's, it's just like, I mean, nothing, things are rarely, you know, black and white, but man, like you talk about 40 shades of gray or whatever. It's, it's truly wild how people can interpret so many things differently right now and like you said sometimes you can remain neutral and you know sometimes some of this stuff like it is important to take sides and and not be silent right oh definitely like obvious things that are happening in the world especially right now which which i'll obviously tap into later because it's a big hot topic but um it's it's good to actually you know stand up for what you believe in i guess (laughs) um and then there was also the other things as well like you were saying um, how far we've evolved into technology um i remember a couple years ago there was the astronaut that jumped out of the uh shuttle i don't know if you saw that and actually landed into uh, actually back into earth so he jumped out of the shuttle through the atmosphere and then back down into um the earth i don't know what you made of that in terms of advancements in technology. Wow, no, I had not even seen that. You didn't see it, man. What? You're going to have to you're going to have to link me that one for sure. Oh, definitely. Um that um completely blew my mind when I saw that cuz you know, I, I think I was saying it in the last episode with my brother how we've evolved in technology and everything else as well to sort of come to where we are and see where we can go in the future as well. But um, yeah, it, it's a crazy world right now. I think it's also a part of me that's kind of getting excited to where we can actually go. Like I was saying as well, that you can pay for your shopping with your own watch. I don't know if you ever thought that we could come that far as a society. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. You're talking about shopping online. Is that what you're saying? Uh, you like Apple watches and you can link your card up and stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 dude. It's, I mean, and that, that stuff's so cool, man. And that's something, I mean, just I've never thought of. I mean, I don't, you know, it's it's just wild how much we can do. And and I mean, the majority of it is good and we're using it for good. And that, you know, that, that makes it worth all the all the bad stuff that goes with it as well. But, oh, man, I was I was drooling listening to the, 
listening to your last episode when you guys were talking about virtual reality and stuff because that's you know that's right up my alley for sure oh definitely i know you're a big gamer man and that's another topic i want to tap into later because <laughs> we've always bonded over that there's just some another sort of escape from reality which is really cool when the world can you know i guess get a bit shitty in a sense <laughs> but um leading on to another topic um i wanted to ask when you were younger what were some of the things that opened your eyes to a new perspective on how much positivity and perspective the world can offer you? Um, so in a sense, what really made you just say, wow, when you were a kid? Um, that's a tough one, man. Um, there's, there's a lot of people in, in the area that I grew up. Um, it's not really what I want to shout Ohio out for, but it's like the opiate, capital of the united states there's a lot of uh a lot of ods <laughs> and stuff like that and and i mean i don't i don't say that to like crap on ohio now that i'm not there but there's a lot of people that don't have that experience and open their eyes and kind of learn about the world around them um and that's some of these some some of these people are like the closed-minded people with the masks and stuff and it's just you know their instinct is to get angry rather than ask why you know and um, a lot of these people just stay in the same 30 mile area their whole life. And then they move, you know, into a house right down the street from their parents and they never have that experience. And like, I really, I really hope people reach out and do have that experience. Um, for me, I was a pretty sheltered kid, you know, I just sit inside and listen to music and whatnot. And, uh, I think once, you know, the internet became super popular, I was just on there all the time, like, I think I spend more time in my head talking, thinking about life's unanswerables, you know, than actually in reality. Um, there's just, there's so much information and there's so many things out there like to do and ways to contribute to the world that I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't know when exactly that motivation hit for me, but once it does, and I hope it does for everybody, it's, it's really hard to, like just go back into I just want to work a nine to five job and live here, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, there can be some days that you can feel like you get out of bed, clock in at nine, have your two breaks or whatever, and then clock out at one. I don't know if you ever felt the same on some days like that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. And I'm not sure I even answered your question at all. I just kind of rambled on for 10 minutes or whatever. But um I don't know when that moment was for me as a kid, man. Uh, I just remember gaming, listening to a lot of music and always feeling like, like there's, and I still don't know. I still can't pinpoint what it is, but I just remember always feeling like there, like there's more, there's more to the world than just this. Like, and I, I don't know, like you got to follow your passions, man, you know? Yeah, definitely. You'll always have like those people who will go and support you in those choices along the way. And you've definitely been one of them since day one, man. Like, um, I think we've known each other for about since maybe 2008, 2009. And you've always been there to support and um, give me a big thumbs up and everything I do. So I can really relate to that answer. So it's a cracking answer there, mate. I've, that was a I really enjoyed hearing that. Thank you. <laughs> well, listen, dude. Um, you, listen, man. Yeah. I, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I got to say. Oh, no, like, please carry dude, on. You're, you're the doing, guest. <laughs> well, you're doing everything, bro. Like, you're doing the whole music thing. Now you're stepping into podcasting. Like, you're just, 
you're always, man, like, and it's not easy. People don't understand. It's not easy to be this way. Like you, like, I'm not saying you're putting on a face or anything like that, but it's not like, it's not easy to be positive in all your interactions. And you're always like, even if something negative is going on with you, you find a way to frame it in a way where, well, maybe this can help somebody else or, you know, maybe this experience taught me this and you're always, it just, everyone you're interacting with, like, I see you online all the time doing this, doing that, even if it's just working, whatever, even if it's just bettering yourself and going to the gym. Um, I mean, I know, I know, like, your brother talked the last episode about, um, about being a vegan, and then you were talking about, you know, how you don't drink, and, and uh, I just, I don't know, man, I think it's so cool when people have a passion like that, and it's just in them, and they run with it, dude. Like, even if it's something I don't love or agree with, it's so cool to see people that, because there's a lot of people just going through life and being robots. And it's so cool to see people that just, you can feel, you can just see that they have passion and they're running with it, man. And you're just, you're out there doing it, man. And it's great. Thank you so much. Literally. I'm, 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 if you could see my face right now, you'd see I've got like the biggest goofiest <laughs> smile on my face right cheeky. now, man. <laughs> I can, I can tell that you're smiling a little bit just in the way you're talking. Yeah. It's true though, man. It's, Thank you I so mean, much, it's man. No, it's no like, <laughs> You know, there's no kissing ass or anything. It's just the truth, man. Like, everybody can see it. Thank you. It's, I mean, I mean, I wasn't really prepared for an answer like that, but that was really sort of heartwarming there for me. Thank you so much. Like, um, I, I'm glad that I give off that vibe, especially when I come online and go into all these different avenues, like, uh, like you were saying, music, now breaking into the podcasting, and this is only the second episode. But um, all the support is seriously, I, I can't begin to thank you and everyone else who supports every little venture that I do. Um, but it, it also makes me want to ask, um, what inspired you to contribute to the ways that you do in the world today? Was there anything that just sort of clicked inside and made you think, you know what, this is what I want to go down this path in life? Um. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to because, I, I mean, I'm one. I'm infamously bad at at taking any sort of compliment at all. But uh, I, because I don't. I mean, I don't <laughs> think that you know, like I don't. I've never had much of an ego or anything, and I don't like think, oh, I'm I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Um, I mean, I'm 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 really not sure. You know, you're gonna have to be more specific, I guess. I mean. I don't know. I just try and do cool stuff for cool people. But yeah, I don't know exactly what we're talking about. Um, in a sense, like that you, um, how you were saying before, when you were working with um, the mentally challenged individuals, um, was there something for using that for an example, you know, or even how you were saying um, just now that, you know, you try to do cool things and things, uh, everything like that. Was there anything that maybe inspired you to say, I want to go and work with those mentally challenged individuals to make their lives better and feel that you're doing a service to the world? Um, I don't know, man. I don't really look at it that way, I guess. Um, that is kind of like, that is kind of like a gift and a curse to me in a way, because like, it's, it's a gift in that it never, like, it's never once felt like work and I've done it for so long you know, every day is different. So it's like, that's really cool to me. 
And it's it's always such a wild schedule, which a lot of people are against that. But I love it because I don't feel like a kind of eight to four drone or whatever, right? And uh, I don't know, man. It's always been really cool to me to do that kind of work. And then, like, the curse side of it is, like, that's the only kind of work I can do. Like, I know I can't do much else. Like, I've been getting into a couple other um, interests and stuff lately. I'm not sure I can turn them into, like, a career or a job. Um, but it's just, it's just like, I, I enjoy it, man. Like I enjoy it. And it, like, if it, if it gives back to the world in a very, in a very little, uh, minuscule way, awesome, you know, but it's just, it's just like, you can only do what you want to do. Like, I, I can't motivate myself to do anything that I have no interest in. And I've always been able to just kind of, it, it's, it's never been a job. It's always been cool to me. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm rambling a bit. I don't know how to put it. No, into take words. your time, man. Um, We've got loads of time. Yeah, I don't know how to put it into words. It's just like I I've never been able to do something that I don't. I'm not motivated to do, whether that be that job or whether that be whatever. Moving out to Utah, whatever. Like if. You, you just, you feel it somewhere inside you, man. And I don't, I don't know where I'm at religiously or anything like that. And I don't want to bring that into anything, but there's just certain stuff to me that's like, it's hit me. And it's like, where did this come from, from inside me? And it feels otherworldly that it pulls you in one direction, but that's definitely happened a few times in my life. And I can't really explain. I can't really explain it, you know? I totally understand. I can, like you were saying, I um, really relate to the fact that you were saying that, you know, you can't have motivation in life to go and actually do something that you don't want to do because you'll become a, like you said, an, a nine to five robot and it will just be a in out. There's no fun. There's no excitement. And like you were saying with your current job at the moment that, <clears throat> excuse me, your current job at the moment, there's always something new that's going to happen. Like, in a sense you don't wow excuse me <laughs> you don't know what um you're gonna actually walk into so i guess it can be an excitement but also it can give you a bit of anxiety i guess yeah man well i think i think the hardest part of it is it stems from anxiety so then you kind of you kind of lull there and you you can get depressed and whatnot and and hopefully you can turn it into something positive down the road and you don't always know what that's going to be while you're in it, which is the sucky part because we've all been there. And um, so I guess it just kind of boils down to like I didn't I didn't have a very fun experience in high school. I didn't have a very fun uh, childhood and I was in my head a lot for better or worse and stuff like that a lot of times for worse. And it's just it's just that feeling that you don't fit in. Um, and, and so I guess like my goal, once I kind of figured that out in the mid twenties, was just like, how can I, like, how can I make somebody's life better who feels the way I feel or went through s similar stuff to what I went through? And like, if I can, you know, even help a couple people feel better and do something cool for them, then that you know that's great at least i'm at least i'm contributing and not just existing that's really why i see you as a ray of light in this world mate um 
I know you said you don't take compliments and things like that, but that's one of the main reasons why I see you as a massive ray of light in this world, seriously. Um, like you were saying in the American high school thing, um, it wasn't the best of times. I don't know if you want to dig deeper into that. If you don't, it's completely understandable. We'll go as deep as you want to. But um, it's, was it sort of the how it's portrayed in some of the films like you've got the cliques like the jocks um the nerds the other all the other cliques as well or is it completely different to what we see in the films uh i mean i guess that would be like you know film by film but it it's yeah i mean high school is just it's such a wild time because you know everybody's hormones are flaring you've got a click here you've got a click here and uh you know, it, you're, you're kind of, there's so many people that aren't one or the other and they just kind of mesh a little bit into each click and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing I can sit here and say, I mean, I'm just whining to be honest, because there's absolutely nothing that has happened to me that I haven't absolutely been, been privileged and just, and had a great support system around me, whether I rebelled them or not. Right. Um, yeah but it's just uh (laughs) yeah I mean high school just sucks man everybody knows and then you know you you spend the next whatever five to seven years finding out who you are and and that's not always clear man I've always been super jealous of the people who you know you've got friends who they just they hit 18 and they're oh I want to go into the service and they know what they want to do or oh I want to go you know be a real estate agent and they just know right away or go be a lawyer and man awesome for them but i'm so jealous you know because that's 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 so rare man yeah that you i mean i can fully relate that you know when you're growing up everyone's gonna ask you it's in the sense that you're getting pestered like oh what do you want to do with your life where do you want to go where do you want to go and you've only got one life you can't (laughs) think oh i want to go and be a policeman or a firefighter or like you said a real estate agent or going to the service instantly like that. There are some people that have struggles that they don't know what they want to go into in it. I think it can affect them mentally, which also makes me want to ask you, um, do you think high school has an effect on how certain individuals can be in their everyday lives today? Oh, dude, absolutely, man. Um, And yeah, man, it's like you said, people... You know, the first question whenever you meet somebody new, and this is what turns, you know, this is what turns people into introverts and stuff like that, too, is, and I mean, they're just being nice. So, like, I get it. But, yeah, the first question you hear from somebody or whatever is, oh, you know, like, oh, are you married? Or, oh, what do you do for a job? And it's like, like, I don't, nobody wants friends like that, man. Like, ask something cool. Like, you know what I mean? Ask something cool, man. Let's talk about, like, ideas. Let's not, like peg somebody in because the second you answer that question you're pegged into oh they do this so so therefore they make this amount of money so therefore i will treat them this way and they just like everybody will treat you differently based on that answer to that one question and it's just like man it's it's 2020 are we still at the point where we're just like putting somebody into a box based on you know what they believe on one issue or what they believe on it's I don't know man it's really sad and I totally kind of sidetracked and ignored exactly what you just asked me 
Oh no, you didn't, man. I, I can fully relate that it's um, you know, say you want to go chat up someone at the bar, and you want to come out with an interesting question. It makes you stand out. You know what I mean? It's not just like, oh, I work as a lawyer. I make this much. I live in a mansion and things like that. You know, tell me some of the cool stories you did when you were a kid. You know, um, do you travel much? Tell me more about yourself. Do you have a favorite soccer team? Do you play sports and things that are really out there? Do you yeah, know things I mean? that make you you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you get that, man. Like, um, honored to have you on the show again. It's really good. <laughs> um, what was the uh, music scene for you when you were growing up, and how has um, your upbringings influenced your music taste? Because obviously in the States, you've had a lot of fantastic bands that have come out. And um, I'm wondering if they've, um, your upbringings influenced that particular type of taste in music that you've got today. Bro, well, that's wild, man. Because uh, I was thinking about that. We were talking about that a couple nights ago or something, right? And I was thinking about it. And like, dude, I was like, nobody even would believe this. You'd have to find my, like the photo albums in my mom's house or something, right? But I was like, dude, I was hardcore into rap probably until, like, yeah, bro. like, and that's everybody says that, man, because it was like probably until junior year of high school. Um, yeah, man. And that was like, oh, dude, like Tupac's got to be my favorite artist, I think. And it's more than just like the music. It's just he was all about like social change and all these messages that he was saying back in the mid 90s that still today are problems and relate, you know today and it's he's so ahead of his time and uh yeah man i was hardcore in into rap and i loved eminem and uh you know the little i don't know if you have these over there um they used to be really popular and i'm a little bit older than you so this might age me quite a bit but um there's like the little cd club things that you would get like flyers for in the mail and it would be one of those things where they'd be like you can get five cds for 97 cents or something right do you know have you heard about Whoa. this All right. no well, oh so my god so young. but so it'd be like it'd be like a club thing and they do them for books and everything else right and so i i saw one in the mail or whatever and it was probably like to my mom or something it wasn't even to me and so i just signed up for it and i'm like 14 or whatever and so you buy like you pick five CDs and then you get them for like a dollar. Right. And they would just bill you later. Like nowadays, that's unheard of. Like you pay up front or they don't ship it. Right. And so they just I'm like, wow, they sent me five CDs for 97 cents. Right. And then like, you know, once once they kind of hook you with the deal, then the CDs become like regular price and stuff. And so I would just keep buying more. And they keep shipping them to me. And I'm thinking, like, you guys are fools because I'm never going to pay you because I'm 14 and I don't have a way to pay you, right? And so, <laughs> like, by the end of this, I think I got – and then they'd run a special. Like, if you buy one at regular price, 10 bucks or whatever, right, then you would, they'd be like, all right, you get 10 more for 5 bucks. And so by the end of this, I probably had, like, 200 CDs. And then they just send a bill, hey, you owe us, like, $600 or something. And like my mom ended up calling him and was just like, like, I'm going to kick his ass at home. Don't worry. But like, he's 14. He can't enter a contract with you to buy CDs. So you can't like, you can't get the money from him. It's never going to happen. So I was just accumulating CDs. And then like, I think probably 
2000, I started getting into like Blink, Enema of the State came out. That was huge for me. Uh, Linkin Park, Hybrid Theory, obviously huge for me. Um, I'm really hardcore into Rise yeah. Against, especially like, you know, their stuff is just speaks so much more with everything going on in the world now. Um, yeah, obvious, obviously, you know, I was into uh, BB pretty hardcore, I would say like 2010 on, but yeah, man, I started with rap and then I kind of slowly, once I kind of, I hadn't heard of grunge when it was out. And then like, I really got hardcore into post grunge, like into the 2000s, you know, all the, the classic albums, like the first three days grace and uh, Evans of blue. I love them, stuff like that. And then I kind of oh, transitioned banging yeah, band. into grunge and, and then I met all these cool people and cool bandmates, man, like, you know through through the music scene like that's how i met you that's how i met uh some bandmates in pennsylvania at the time um and then you know it's all it's all intertwined and then we all started gaming together right so it's it's just super cool man how and it goes back to like you were saying technology is awesome man and just the way that the music and the gaming like meshed into real life hangouts it's just been super cool man and i have so many friends that are just lifelong friends through that. That's a beautiful answer. Cause I can, again, really relate that, you know, we can all sort of have this special bond over say a, uh, one particular special band, for example, and then we can all start to get chatting and we become special friends literally for the rest of our lives. And it's, it's not just, I'd say about liking one particular band it's what can actually stem off that like you were saying you met me then other bandmates in pennsylvania as well and that it holds that special place in your heart and your memories you know dude it's it's honestly the most beautiful thing about technology for real um you were saying that um like uh, for example that tupac one of the examples tupac that um you know he was making songs in the 90s that would make uh, saying things that still last to today um, what do you believe that actually makes a proper good song in terms of lyrics and instrumentals even if it's just a beat that carries on a message that you know lasts till um, you know say 20 years later and something that's not just you know Nicki Minaj on the radio <laughs> saying she's gonna slap her ass or something dude that's a perfect example um... <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, I like stuff. I like stuff that means something, man. Like, um, probably my, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like social political, but, but I mean, you know, obviously music, especially rock music, man, like that's how it started was, you know, as a, as a social message, like rebelling and, and exposing flaws in the system. Like that's how rock music started. That's how punk music started. And, uh, so like stuff like Rise Against Appeal to Reason is probably my favorite album of all time. And and I, it's still that's probably 10 years old and it still hits today, like with everything going on. I just I, I want the music to mean something, man. Like like Tupac was great because I mean, of course, like he had some songs that were just that were like more hip hop, but he had a lot of social songs that just had a message. And uh, and then. That's not to like write out post grunge, which, you know, typically doesn't always have such a message. It's just kind of more about angst and and uh, and just, you know, feelings of rejection, doubt, not being good enough, because those are great, too, man. 
And uh, I don't, those have always been my jam. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear personally, I don't want to hear all these songs about, oh, happy go me, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, like, blah, blah. Like, that's great, man. But I don't, like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to hear you spit sunshine. I want to hear something with some life in it, with some experience, with some, with some pain, man, like that we've all been through and can help each other get out of with the music. I don't want to hear, I, Nicki Minaj, like you said, yeah. Like, I don't want to hear the bubblegum crap. Yeah, you know, it's, it's those things that were sort of, you know, that you can relate to that sort of pain and you'd be like, oh, you know, if someone else has been through that, I can get through yes, it as well, you know. I should have just said that exact yeah. answer. That's exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, like, um, that's another reason why I'm, I'm so happy to have you on, man. Like, I feel we can relate to so much stuff. And I feel that's why we've remained friends for so long. Oh, yeah, long. we feel similar a lot, <laughs> um, for sure. Oh, definitely. I still can't believe we finally met after all those years. It was amazing. Bro, that was so cool. <laughs> um, I always, It was so good, man. That was literally the perfect night. I would never forget that, man. <laughs> um, I also know that you're a big gamer. Um, what games have you got going on at the moment? Dude, so I've been doing... I'm kind of ashamed to say this, man, because I was like super anti-mobile gaming for a while. Like, I don't know if you know, there's a lot of, you know, people out there who... I like, you know, there's a lot of like elitist gamers who are like a uh, PC master race or, you know, console only, or, you know, like mobile <laughs> gaming's not real and stuff like that. I've been doing a lot of mobile gaming. I don't know if you're familiar with Supercell. They make like Clash Royale, Clash of Clans, stuff like that. Oh yeah, I know yeah, Clash man, of super Clans. Super popular. And uh, I've actually met, we've had a, we've had a clan on there on Clash of Clans going for, eight years or so and i've actually met like so many cool people through that as well that like now we just like talk and text in real life and stuff like that and i mean they're all over new york florida ohio michigan like it's just it's crazy man how it can bring people together and stuff and uh i've been doing a lot of mobile gaming because i have a lot of time where i just have you know three to ten minute increments that i can hop on and play and um too much time on there for sure and too much money because you know you're like i'll throw a buck or two here a buck or two and that's how they get you man and uh i'm i've been council gaming a lot um anything with zombies man i'm super i've been playing days gone lately which is a couple years old but i'm just getting into it it's pretty good um last of us the new one's coming out this week which we could have a whole hour long podcast just about that and the whole story there and it's it's gonna spark a i've seen some of the spoilers reluctantly and it's it's gonna spark a whole debate man but it's gonna be it's gonna be a glorious debate that whole the story in that game so i i don't know man looking forward to a lot of stuff just stuff with soul man that makes you think i love it all yeah definitely i'm i feel i'm more of a solo guy as well but um um i i don't get me wrong i do love the multiplayer and stuff i'm just more of a fan of you know immersing myself in a story and actually putting myself in it to sort of take me away from reality and all my responsibilities for a bit in the world which is another reason why games are so fantastic these days that they've come such a long way as well you know you fire up the old playstation one or whatever you first started gaming on and then you go to now like with an xbox one or playstation 5 that's coming out soon man these 
graphics and the way they immerse you is just so incredible these days oh dude ps5 i'm super hyped for that um i mean it looks it looks kind of like a a router with like paper on the side of it i don't know what they were thinking there but um i mean i'm sure it's gonna be (laughs) awesome don't get me wrong but dude i remember um i remember call of duty back in the day this was probably 360 days and we had a whole we had a group that would always like we were from i think a mix of Pennsylvania, Ohio people. And we just, Oh, like you knew to be online at 8 PM and like the first six people to be online would, would get a spot. And then the other six would like go make their own thing and kind of fill in as it thinned out. And it was just every night we would play man back in the glory days. And then like we, we, you know, you have fun and you, you talk a little crap in the lobby. That's not such a thing nowadays. And you know, everything's like gotta be correct and everything, but you know, you'd talk crap and have some fun in the lobbies and we would always, it'd be like maybe 1 or 2 a.m. We would start, everyone in the lobby, we'd get a lot of British people in there. And the accent, we would just love it, right? And so we would kind of, we would kind of copy the accent <laughs> and have fun, like, just trying, trying to, like, try, you know, you have so many cool phrases over there that we just don't have. And so we would, like, try and use that and be like, the ghettos of liver, the ghettos of Manchester or something like that. We would say bollocks and, you know, just, and we sounded like fools and I can't do it now. I couldn't do it then. And then, and then uh, I remember you jumped in one of our games and we started playing and we were so excited because we were like, yes, now we have somebody, now we have somebody to speak for us and he can do it correctly. And it was just, I think it was like Call of Duty World of War, man. It was a long time ago. Jesus Christ, yeah, I dude. remember and that. I, and it was, uh, yeah, man, that was so fun. And I, I do remember that. That was a good time. Wow, I'm getting old. I'm starting right, to forget bro. these things. <laughs> God, oh, man. What's the next stage of growing old? <laughs> Is it the greys that come dude, out? I hope not. I've avoided <laughs> them so far. I don't know. You'll have to give me your secret then if... um. You're keeping them down, man. I don't want them to show. <laughs> um, so actually moving on to how we first got in contact, I remember um, actually walking back from my aunt's at the time and I came across your Facebook for the very first time and you were standing next to Ben in your profile picture. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'd love to add this dude and chat more to him. Um, I wanted to know, like you were saying in the lobby and stuff, what it was, what was it like when um, you first started speaking to a guy you've never met from England and you got this ad? Uh, it was super cool, man. I can't remember, you know, the exact time or when that happened. Like, obviously I remember it, but I, I don't know exactly when it happened, but it, it, it was super cool, man. And it, it just goes back, you know, I, I met so many, I've met so many cool people, um, just, just through them and, and, uh, and through Ben and stuff. And it, I don't know, man, it's really cool. And, you know, there's a lot of people that were just kind of like in it to creep a little bit, but then there's, you know, like there's the genuine ones like yourself and maybe three or four others that I've, I've kept in contact with and have been, super cool man and we we've all hung out and it's i don't know man it's great it's the best part of technology again it really is i mean um uh, going back to what i was saying i don't think it could have ever evolved to this sort of level when you know i had aol dial up downstairs 
and my old man was saying things like, oh, you need to get off the phone <laughs> so I can get on to the internet and things. Oh, you got told oh, that yeah, as well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it's how it's grown from that, you know, you'd hear the horrible dial-up tone to actually get on the internet and then you'd use Internet Explorer. But um, I think I, I kind of tapped into it a little bit before on the last episode, but I wanted to get your personal take on, you know, where you see technology evolving into you know, the next 10, 20 years from now. Um, it is, I really like to get people's takes on that. Oh man, dude. Um, dude, I, I don't know, man. I just kind of, I'm taking everything in and I, I love all of it. Um, I haven't really been following it as far as I kind of follow like the gaming aspects and the VR stuff. Um, but it, yeah, it's crazy, man, because yeah, think, uh, what, maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. You're doing dial up on the computer. Like you, you never would have thought one, we could sit here and like record a podcast real time. Uh, like you never thought you could FaceTime somebody and like see their face, you know, miles away. It's, it, it's truly amazing, man. And I always, like, I always wonder how, I, I mean, I'm probably going to just get old and feel like my grandma or something because I always ask her, you know, because she's been alive, what, since since the 40s or whatever, right? And so, and I, yeah, and I'm Jesus. just like, you know, you've seen so much. Like, I genuinely wonder, It's it's got to be mind-blowing, right? Because, like, you're there before you even had, like, portable phones or whatever, right? And color TVs and now the world. And I just always wonder what that's going to look like. And I, I hope I'm never old enough to <laughs> to be in that position, to just be mind blown by it all. But I'm excited, man, for technology. Uh, I, I hope I hope we can keep the good parts of it, man, because it definitely it definitely gets dark. And, you know, times like these, it seems like it's darker than than uh, more beneficial. But I don't know. It's it's definitely like you're saying. Um, it, it is exciting, but um, would you also say you're scared for where we're heading with technology as well? Does is there sort of a balance that you have in between you that says like, oh, you know, we can make electric cars, and you know, we can put uh, people on the moon. You know, those two astronauts that recently went up into space again. But then there's also like downsides as well that it can have the effects on the environment or it can hurt our ecosystem and things like that. Would you say you're scared or does that balance out pretty well with your excitement? Well, I would say it balances out pretty well. Cause I mean, you know, there's, there's companies that I don't know if they are, but they're supposed to be like regulating what the effects will be on the environment kind of thing. And, and then, you know, you could probably do a whole another hour podcast of, you know, like Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. Like one of them wants all this AI and robotics and the other one's like, no, like it'll go Terminator and they'll kill us all. I mean, that's for sure interesting, but there's not enough time in the world, you know, to cover that right now. But it's it's all interesting, man. I mean, know you feel, yeah. I'm on my phone all day just reading this stuff, probably more than I should be. And it's it stopped a little bit since I've moved out west and I can get outside and enjoy the desert a little bit. But it, yeah, man, it's it's equally interesting and terrifying. Yeah, really, really unique answer there. I like that. <laughs> um, I also know that I touched on COVID at the start of this podcast, but another topic in the world these days 
um, is unfortunately the police brutality that we've all seen, unfortunately, seen so much of in the news. So I wanted, what I wanted to dig deeper into this topic more about was before, uh, before I ask, and I'm in no way slating your Second Amendment, but do you think if you give a certain man a gun, he'll feel more empowered? Or do you believe police brutality is coming from somewhere else? Oh, man, it's it's coming from it's just systemic racism. And it has been in this country since our country started, you know, and uh, I mean, look at look at all the statistics of of shootings and brutality and um, police killings and mass shootings, whatever you want to look at in in my country compared to your country and any other country. It's astronomical. It's disgusting. And I, and I don't know what the answer is. Um, I, I do know, and I can't speak for the rest of the world. I'm not sure. But from what, from what little I know, um, they use a lot more de-escalation and peaceful techniques and maybe batons rather than weapons in a lot of cases. I just, I know we have a very militarized police force. Um, like, you know, you see a lot of this stuff is turning into police state right now. Um, and it's not, it's, it's police, it's ICE, which is customs, immigration, customs and enforcement. It's border patrol, all of them. They're like, cruelty is the point with a lot of these people. And there's 18,000 police departments. Of course, 98% of people I'm sure are, are great cops or whatever, but clearly we, clearly we need more Mm. training. Because you can be a cop in in eight to twelve weeks in a lot of space in a lot of spots here, which that's insane to me that you're going to train someone for two to three months and assume that they're ready to play to play mental counselor de escalator uh decide if someone lives or dies like okay, so to be a lawyer right, you got to go to university for how long right to like go into court and argue whether somebody lives or dies, and it's just. It, it needs reformed, man. It, it needs reformed. Uh, I'm all for I'm all for all these protests, man, because it, it's clearly broken. Um, you know, there's somebody told me if you look on the news, you just see people like looting and fires and whatever. And if you look on Twitter, you see all the police brutality videos and they're just slaughtering people and beating them up that are just protesting some peacefully, some not. And I, I see why we're at the point where we can't peacefully protest. Like people tried and they got ignored or told to shut up. So it's like, what, what is the next step after that? You can't, you can't keep pushing somebody back and back into a corner. And at some point they have to fight back and say it needs reformed. So what do you believe was actually um, like the ticking point? But uh, going back to what you you quote quoting there, sorry, you can't keep pushing, pushing. Um, what do you believe was the actual, you know, breaking point for everything that we see today? That where you see, you know, the protests or the riots and people get fed up. What do you believe was that um, breaking point for people? Um, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously, right now, you know, the the current situation is kind of it's kind of penned as like George Floyd's America and all that. And I I'm not sure to say that that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, but I mean it's been going on for decades, man. It's it's disgusting and it's just 
it's cruelty is the point and these organizations are just picking on they're picking on poor people they're picking on black and brown people and and like we have to st- it's it's not okay anymore for like people of privilege and like white people like myself we need to stand up for our brothers and sisters because it, it's truly disgusting some of the stuff that you see and i i really try and balance it out and if i watch something that people will deem like far left or whatever right i'll watch like i watch something far right and i try and get both sides but it's it's not a political issue. People try and like pit, they try and pin you into one corner or the other. It, it's a human rights issue, man. So it's it's truly amazing. Like all these people are going at Tom Morello, who is you know the guitarist from Rage Against the Machine, um, and they're like, oh, like just shut up and make music. And it's like, have you listened to Rage Against the Machine? Like it's always been. It's called Rage Against the Machine. Like they've always been, you know, anti the system. Like yeah. that's and it's amazing <laughs> that people don't. I don't know if they're not listening to the words or what's going on, but um, it's it's broken, man. It's clearly broken. It needs reformed. Like we give these we give these organizations an astronomical budget, and and they're just they're using it to to just pick on people, man. And it it there's no reason why we can't defund them a little bit. Which, you know, when people say defund police, people are like, oh, that means no police. And that's not the case. It's just take a little bit of this astronomical budget and put it into maybe like community programs and, you know, like de-escalation classes. So we're not shooting like no one should be dying for counterfeit money for jogging. It, it's 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 sad. I even have to say that like no one should be dying for some people in their sitting in their homes. I mean, they're just, they're just dying because, because we've, we've shown, yeah, the way they were born, we've shown that we will let police get away with it. And that's, that's so sad, man. And it's something that maybe we don't even take into consideration. Like I was out hiking last night and it was, it was really dark out, man. And I just felt like, I just felt like going up to the rocks because we have so much cool landscape and uh, so much scenery here. And I, I did think to myself, I just said, you know, like, if I'm not a white dude, this is something I'm worried about. Like I, maybe I can't go do this without getting picked on or, Hey, what are you doing? Give me your ID. You know what I mean? And it's, it's something we got to address, man. And we got to fix. And I, and I hope, I hope we keep protesting until we do it because it's clearly broken for so many people. Yeah. I believe there's going to be a change. Like, something that we can actually pass down to the next generation and say, you know, this happened because of this. That um, I mean, I was reading an article the other day about Minneapolis police. Um, they were the actual, uh, I think it was the city in uh, Minnesota. I think it is if, uh, probably wrong, but um, they were actually had a vote on the Minneapolis police to be abolished. And I think it's um, what you going on from what you were saying about those things that are changing or change actually coming. I think this is the first step. And it's actually kind of strange that, you know, Minneapolis would say, you know what, we've had enough. We don't want the police anymore. We want someone else. And it, it kind of really shocked me and took me back there that, you know, I was like, wow, I'm actually alive to see a massive change in a vote like this happen. Um I don't know what your take was that on that. Yeah, man. I mean, long, long overdue because they're 
the taxpayers fund the police and they're here to serve and protect us. And that does not mean pick on and harass us. That means they're here to serve and protect us. And and that's not that's not what's happening. And I mean, we're talking really general, you know, it's really hard to get into uh, specifics and everything. But but yeah, the the University of um, Minnesota, I think, terminated their contract with the police and the schools said, hey, we don't want resource officers um, from from your unit here. And and that's what we need to do, man. We need to tear them down and rebuild them where both sides are coming to the table saying, hey, this is what we want. This is what we expect. I mean, until until everyone is treated human, then that that's what we need to do, because no, nobody should be nobody should be dying for for twenty dollar bills or whatever the situation is. And it, it re- it's it's disgusting, man. And yeah. if you trace these if you trace a lot of these um, organizations back, um, it's 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 just it's messed up and and the history the history's there there's no denying it and and people are sick of and that's one good thing of technology as well is um i don't know if you've seen the video of the police pushing down a 75 year old man like this guy has cancer and he's and they push him down and just keep walking and stuff and it's like was he really a threat guys come on like let's and and everyone in the unit just keeps walking and going by and I'll, i'll send it to you after this and I mean, that's one extreme example. And then people will say, well, then, you know, if you do that, you got to look at the looting and all that. And and it's it, it's crazy how it's one of those things, again, where people take one side. I stand with law enforcement. I stand with this. I stand with. And, and it's just like you can't you can't blindly be only for law enforcement and stand up for the good cops without taking into account like the people that focus on the looting. You can't just focus on the worst offenders of the protests without focusing on the worst offenders on the police side, because that kind of language is the language of the oppressor. And that doesn't help us out. It really doesn't. I mean, I'm going on from that video. I have seen it and it is it's really heartbreaking. Um, And you see him just laying there and blood just comes out of his head and it's just like, why did you go and help him? He was clearly no threat to anyone. That is, that is an old white man that they're treating like that with the cameras on. Okay. So when the cameras are off, how do you think they're treating somebody? Right. More disgusting than we don't really want to see, I guess. (laughs) An old white man like that with the cameras on. So when the cameras are off, like, thank God for body cams, man. And uh, I think it was Will Smith who said that, right? Like, it's always been there. It's just finally getting recorded. The, um, again, going back to technology, we have that vice to say, you know, we can actually film it and then put it out for the world to see. that um, You know, you're not going to get away with murder. <laughs> but um, it, I think it's, there's an, uh, this, I think this kind of ties into it that, um, do you believe America is doing enough to keep its borders safe? And um, if not, do you, how do you believe that the TSA should step up stronger border so control? The TSA is strictly like flight and stuff like that in the air. Um, the border patrol or the murder patrol, as I call them, um, 
we we could have a whole we might have to come back for part two three four or five for that one uh, i'll keep it pretty i'll be honest I'll to have you on man. Light, but um there there's a whole there's a whole podcast series by riasis which means roots in spanish and it's uh it's called homeland and security and it kind of shows you since since 9-11 happened here um how people of color and immigrants have been like the scapegoats and and just the blaming point, especially for this president, for everything that goes wrong, no matter what it is. And uh, the conditions at the border are terrible. There's people getting, if you if you illegally cross the border, which is a situation that we've created where you need to do that because everyone says, come the right way, do the right thing. Well, these countries are poor. They can't come the right way because we've made it too expensive. And so if you illegally cross the border, it is a misdemeanor crime. Um, so that would be equivalent to uh, me and you, let's say we're driving, we would run a red light. That's a misdemeanor crime, right? Um, so yeah, so they're getting incarcerated for, for a misdemeanor and they're just sitting in immigrant detention um, for, for months to years. And it's disgusting because that that's the same and they're getting picked on because they're poor and they're black and brown. And that's, that's the same as, yeah, if we were running a red light, we run a stop sign. The cops would just be like, Oh, okay. Have a good day to us. Right. Um, can you imagine we would get, we would get separated and sent to jail and have no idea where each other was like, so that's what's happening at the border and families are getting, are getting separated and ripped apart. And it's, it just goes back to what I was saying earlier. I wish people would, open your mind before your mouth, which I think is like a white chapel lyric or something. And, and at, like ask why rather than just take one stance on it. Cause there's so many people who are just, you know, here, like Trump's whole thing is build the wall or whatever. Right. That was his whole thing. He ran on blame immigrants for everything. And it's like, instead of just blindly support something, ask why and what's actually going on and, and look at, look at what's going on in, and I've had this discussion with a lot of friends and I, I will continue to do it. And I try and do it in an educational way where we can come together and learn a little more. Um, but it, it's really hard because it's obviously something very close to me and that I'm passionate about. And it's, it's terrible human behavior that we're, that we're doing this and, and we're putting, we're putting people into for-profit incarceration and these private companies are making $775 per night per immigrant. And and they're not even in a lot of these places, they're not Whoa. giving them beds, they're not giving them toothbrushes. Um it's disgusting human behavior, man, that we would never do to our worst enemy. We wouldn't we wouldn't treat somebody that way. And then so when you hear somebody say something really crappy like build the wall or something, it's it's just like they're blindly following their parents' political beliefs. Or they're just not opening their mind and saying what's going on. And the big point there is, thank thank God you were born with your with your privileged white ass right up here, you know, in North America or whatever, um, you know, referring to a lot of these people, because that's pure luck that you were born here, right? Like you have no control over where you were born, correct? So, um, so yeah, Very true. And, and thank God you were born up here. And and what what a lot of these people are going through is so out of your realm of of um, 
you don't even have the brain capacity to understand it. Um, you know, as we sit here and chat on Wi-Fi, on whatever, right? There's a lot of people who don't know what online gaming is, who don't know what Wi-Fi is. And for us, that's impossible to comprehend. We're like, what? You know, and the conditions that some of these people are running from, it, it it's it's literally life or death, man. And then, you know, then you have these people who say, well, I would never send my kid, you know, to the border and stuff like that. And it's like, no, you absolutely would. If you're if your alternative is, you know, like your child will die, then, yeah, you would send them. And people are like, that's crappy parenting. No, dude, it's the ultimate act of love. And, you know, for the religious nuts out there, um, you know, it's the way that that Moses got sent down the river. You know, like you look at that story in the Bible and you say, wow, I would never put my kid. down. That's insane. Right. Like I would never put my kid in a river. And because they knew that they were killing every boy in that particular area at the time. And so like his mom knew if I don't do this, he's he's going to be dead. Like it's the ultimate act of love. And so it's just it's really frustrating because you see all these talking points and and things people say, I'll do it the right way. Oh, illegals. And it's, it's like, just say why and what's going on. Like if you had any idea and there's a story, it's probably best. I just keep it for off the, off the podcast. Cause it's so long and I'm rambling a bit here, but, but this is a topic I can go on about, man. And it's, nah, just, you're uh, good, man. <laughs> it, it's just, man, if you understood the level of homicide, gang activity, extortion, uh, rape and in situations people are running from it, it's sad that we're not welcoming people with more open arms and instead we're just throwing them in jail and making money off of them and and it, and if you're and even if you're anti-immigrant which you would be a fool to be that way because what native tribe are you from where you're not an immigrant to begin with but um be anti-profiting where we're making 800 bucks off of a person just for incarcerating them for nothing, man. And it's, it's truly saddening, man. I could go on a lot about that. It's one of these things three years ago, I had no idea. And I had a closed mind about because I, you just, you hear what you hear and you know what you know. And then once you look into it, you just, you just say, wow, man, I, I was so wrong. And I wish I would have, you know, had more compassion and taken the time, uh, to to understand it and i'll i'll end i'll end that thought with there's a group in um in phoenix arizona which there's a portion of of arizona which does not have the border wall and it's set up that way intentionally by the border patrol to kind of funnel immigrants to come through um and it's the ajo desert which is it's like the most brutal uh 110 plus every day like just brutal and so there's a group called no more deaths in phoenix and they go out and they like they put water along the paths because you're talking three to ten days you could be walking right before you get to any city and uh and so what the problem i have with with the border patrol is that they leave that open on purpose to kind of funnel people to their deaths which is just disgusting human behavior anyway and then they go along and and they destroy yeah. this water and the stuff that no more deaths leaves for people. And, and I mean, I mean, I understand. I understand border control when people want that. But it should not be a death sentence to come through the desert and have have humanitarian aid destroyed 
it's it, it's true it's truly disgusting it's it's really sad man and so i really want to one of my goals is this summer to um take some time off and go down there and volunteer with them for for a month and just see everything kind of firsthand and it, it's tragedy man they discover bodies all the time and and it's just wow it's i guess the takeaway is that like your worst nightmare is like someone else's american dream and they just want to they just want to be here man and be safe and not feel like they're going to die every day and I, i'm just i'm disgusted by the way that we treat them and and it's it's just not the the kind of like america that we learned about growing up like right where we're like welcoming welcoming of everybody and give everybody a chance for liberty in life and uh i'll quit rambling man but you know i can go on about this one <laughs> oh no yeah i know i know you, you sound very passionate about it and um that's what i wanted to sort of bring out in people with the show like obviously digging deep dig about the passions um dig about what you really feel passionate about most in this life so um what you said there going on to um volunteer for a month uh just take some time off that's another reason why i see you as a massive ray of light in this world man like, seriously I, I really do so keep up doing what you're doing seriously <laughs> um and i also wanted to talk about um after we met in 2017 that um you packed your things and you moved to Utah, which you have spoke about before. Um, talk to me more about why you chose Utah and how you. Oh, dude, it. absolutely, man. Um, so I was I was working and I was I was working an overnight shift and, um, you know if if the if our clients are asleep, you know we'll we'll have the TV on or be watching something on our phone or whatever, right? And so, um. I don't know if all these like shows like all the true crime stuff and like a show called disappeared and stuff like that. Are they really popular over there? Um, some of them are, I mean, I've tend to sort of drift away yeah. from television for a bit because there's not a lot of stuff that really draws me into it. So um, if there's something I go and watch it on YouTube or something like that, but um, it, it's not sort of um, something that's popped up in television when I've, start well when i've watched it yeah on the for sure, man. It's, <laughs> it's probably better for your psyche and safer for your mental health to be that way i wish i could do more of that um i i don't even have tv or anything and i still somehow <laughs> watch too much of it i don't know where i'm finding time to do it but so i i was working in ohio and i just happened to see an episode of disappeared which is the show on the investigation discovery channel and it just it covers it covers cases that are unsolved and it's people who have literally just disappeared, which, which um, in, in this case it was 2015, but with all the technology we have and all the, you know, the geo tracking and everyone's got a camera phone in their pocket. It's, it's mind blowing to me. It, it's insane that somebody can disappear, can just disappear. It makes no sense to me. It's, I struggle with it. I don't understand. Like it's, it's, it's crazy, man. And so I was watching an episode of Disappeared, and they did one on this kid named Mason Smith, who was from St. George, Utah, where I live now. And I don't know, man, like I, I always have some shows on in the background. And this one just hit me different, man. And this is what I was kind of referring to earlier with the otherworldly stuff. Um, there's something, man, hit me in the heart, man. And it's a feeling that 
if you've had it, you you get it. And if you haven't, I hope you do someday. And and it goes back to just not, you know, just feeling like there's a bigger calling out there. And there's a lot to explore there. But so I had I had seen his episode and it just hit me different, man. And, you know, his um, you know, now I know I didn't know at the time, but it's like I could feel it in my heart before that or something. Um, our gaming, our gaming history, um, because I now have his like I now have his um, goodbye note, his hard drive, uh, his guitar, all kinds of cool stuff that his mom has given me and stuff. And to see if I can wow. kind of use some computer magic on the hard drive and whatnot. Right. And so our gaming history is like 100 percent ringer dead on. And that's crazy to me. And and our music, there's like one band that I had that he didn't have and vice versa and you know we're talking like 100 gigs of music right so we're we're talking a lot of music and uh so i just saw his episode and i i kind of looked on the facebook page and just kind of looked and and his mom was on there saying oh like bb was his favorite band so we had that connection too and i just i felt i felt very similar to him in a lot of ways at least as was portrayed by the episode right and um and so I just kind of reached out to the page and and uh, I just said, hey, man, you know, my favorite band is this, too. And I think I may have even put up a photo of of yourself and I at one of the shows. And I said, you know, hey, come on out to to one of the shows. You know, like, I'm sure I'm sure the BB guys would would let you and I'm sure they would love it. And I was just kind of hoping maybe if he's, you know, out there and hiding, that would kind of bring him out, you know, and we could, you know, give his give his mom some closure and whatnot. And hopefully he's out there living his best life. And so I saw that episode. I started talking to his mom a little bit um, on the Facebook page and some of his family. And I, I had some extra money at the time and some uh, some vacation time. So I said, you know what? You guys are doing a search for him in September. And so I was like, I'm going to come out. And so I did. And I got a hotel out here. And I, I flew the 2,000 miles. And for me, that's rare because I'm I'm very introverted. I don't come out. And this, it's, it just felt right, man. Felt like what I had to do. I can't explain it. And so, and it, it's so unlike me because I, I don't leave my, I didn't leave my little comfort zone. And so I, I flew out here. Um, his mom picked me up. We went to the search. We talked a lot. Um, his, his mom and dad canceled my hotel and like took me in. And so like that night, like I was sleeping in his room and that was the most surreal feeling, bro. Like, yeah, man. So like you just you were watching it on TV the one, you know, a week ago and now you're like there and you're seeing all his stuff and all his and you just like you just it hits you in the heart, man. And it was heavy and it was. And so I stayed for a search. And then the next day they just kind of took me around St. George here. Amazing city. um, Beautiful place. And I fell in love with it, man. And it just it felt like what I needed to do. So I went home back to Ohio after that weekend. And I made a list of like 20 things I'd need to do to move to Utah. And so I ended up doing them one by one and it took about a year to do it. And just every night I would find myself thinking, oh, I wish I was in Utah. I wish I was. And it's like, I got to make it happen, man, because this is going to eat at me and it's going to be bad. And so I rented out my house and now I'm out here and I've been out here almost two years. Um, and we're, we're doing stuff every week. But, you know, I'm sad to say there hasn't been a single, still has not been a single sighting or clue. 
as as to where Mason is, and that's it. It's sad, man. I don't know how someone can disappear. You know, we've we've got his note, we've got his hard drive, we've got a lot of his stuff. Um, the police have a lot of his stuff, his Xbox and his phone. Um, but it, we've we've sat down with search and rescue teams, gridded out a whole area, and one by one weekend we went out and just hit each spot. And it, it really sucks to say I kind of feel like we've scoured St. George as much as we can. And I I go back and forth, man. And I, I really hope he's out there just living his best life, man. And my original goal was, hey, you know, this kid seems cool. Maybe we can play some Xbox together was my original thought that sparked all of this. That's a beautiful story, man. It sounds like you've settled in really like it's like it's a new home for you there where you were sort of meant to go through on life it absolutely that makes, makes sense. sense man and i i was i was so scared man and uh my brother a couple years ago moved from ohio to seattle so even a little further out than i did and i don't know how many phone calls i had with him man and i'm just nervous and my heart's beating i don't know if i can do it like this is all so insane and and uh and I, I recommend anyone who maybe feels something like that in their heart to just move, man, because life's too short to not. There's so many people you see them online. Oh, I hate living here. I hate then don't live there. Like you don't have to live anywhere. You can go get a crappy job and survive anywhere on this earth. You really can. And it might take a while for it to be good. I had a very, very rough first year here. It very, very rough. And uh and for for reasons that I'll probably tell you off of this and uh, and but but man, the beauty at the end of it is so is so good if you just stick it out, man. So if anybody's thinking about making a big move, making a big life change, man, um, I've made I've made two that I never thought I would make in in the last couple of years. And so like I've been there, man, I've felt the worst of it. I, I've I've had some very very dark times. Luckily, I pulled out of them, and like I'm here to cheerlead for you and pump you up any way you want if you want to make that change. Because I, I can't explain the I can't explain the perspective and just how much you realize, like how humble it makes you because you realize you're just part of such a larger world, right? Yeah, that it's it's not literally just your own bedroom it's thousands and thousands and thousands of miles of just earth that you can go and explore you know what i mean it's great um i also know that you wanted to tap into like the supernatural side of our world that um it kind of tied on from um what you were saying about um the episode with make mason um if i yeah um so what do you feel personally is out there in terms of, you know, aliens, Bigfoot and Loch Ness? Because you're saying like how with the world that we're in with the technology and everything like that and how someone can go missing. But um, what else could it see out there? I mean, I've heard stories like um, the German Hinterkaifeck murders. Um, there was a story about like uh, this this family who had a maid and she retired well she'd left the family one day before the murders and the new maid came in and then she found yes. all the family were murdered oh and dude then, I, you've heard I of this story way too much time online with anything true crime bro yes and that is wild 
Yeah, and it's, you know, what's really out there? You know, what were feeding the families aliens when um, they were all murdered? It's absolutely crazy. But, um, yeah, I want to hear your take on, like, you know, aliens, Bigfoot, or Loch Ness. Well, yeah, man, (laughs) as far as, like, missing persons go, like, there's – it really is this nation's – well, this world, I would say, not this nation. That's a little egocentric of me, but um, it's it really is this nation's kind of this world's silent mass disaster because, like, outside of the police, who can maybe spend a couple weeks searching for somebody or something, right? Um, there's no like dedicated force that can find missing kids, and it's that is so scary to me. And it's just amazing in 2020 that there's nothing that can do that. And I would say like 80% of those cases you you can kind of see from looking at the details, like there was family involvement or, you know, you can see they ran off or whatever, but the other 20% man, it's an absolute mystery. And to tie that into supernatural, man, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. And I, I mean, I'll keep it light because I don't want to lose all your viewers here because I know we're going on an hour and a half. But um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't I don't want to make you lose all your viewers. Like, who is this psycho? He doesn't shut up. But um, I, I will say as far as like aliens go, it, it's almost ignorant to say that we're the only ones, the only intelligent life out here. I mean, with all we know, it, it's almost foolish to say. And it's another one of those things. It's equally terrifying because there's two options. We either are alone in this universe, which, oh, my God, or we're not, which, oh, my God. So either way, you know, it's crazy. But I will say with with Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, aliens, um, it, it is a little discouraging, you know, nowadays with everyone's got a phone in their pocket. Literally everyone, seven year old kids to 90 year old people. Right. So. So it's, I guess, I guess the best way to do it is just be really skeptical of everything you've seen. But at the same time, I feel like, I feel like we should have seen more at this point, right? Yeah, definitely. um, You know, going back to those stories of the um, Roswell incident, for example. Oh, yeah. That people say they have seen something, but men in black have come to their front doors and said, you're not allowed to say anything. Because um, obviously, if you if you watch a lot of those true crime stories, that I'm pretty sure you'd be familiar with the men oh, in dude, black. Absolutely. So- I'm so I'm so glad that I live so close to like Roswell and all the alien stuff. There's an area here called Area 51. And it's in Nevada, the next state over. And that's like supposedly, you know, like the alien hotbed. And I've circled it in a car like three or four times man it's so fun and i want to do it again this summer with people and you can't get close like it's a military base and stuff but you just feel you feel so good doing it man i mean i've seen videos that in area 51 that they've got like jeeps patrolling the area 24 hours a day and it's that top secretive that made me actually wonder you know what is actually there like why is it that well, secret that they don't even want? Oh yeah, I mean, I'd love to. Hear no, dude, opinion. I'm sorry, I, I I'm cutting you off. I get so excited about aliens, bro. Um, I was gonna say, man, if you're ever out here and you're ever out west, man, we'll circle Area 51 and you can see exactly because that Jeep stuff is totally legit. There's signs that say like if you go past this point, you can be shot and stuff like that, and and 
bro i oh man it's an honor talking aliens i can go there's just there's so much there man and it's just so crazy to think that we're alone it's almost ignorant to say that oh definitely that you know there's all this proof that we legitimately have that you can't just deny and it makes you wonder you've probably seen that film uh fire in the sky about a guy who was abducted and um he came back to earth i think it was about three or four days later and yeah um there, there is that physical proof like why would they go and make a film about something that's supposedly not out there and we're the only ones who are in this entire universe there is that proof there and i just think that um going on from what you were saying it was pretty ignorant to deny it um but yeah great to talk to you about that man um i know you also wanted to hear what i've been up to as well so i'm more than happy to let you know was there anything um in particular man that you wanted to know apart from like the music and the oh podcast? bro absolutely uh, um... man it's what i said man one day i want to do a reverse one and see what you're up to because I feel like I've just talked and not shut up for an hour and a half, man. And I'm definitely interested in, in how your music's coming, man, what you've been up to. When's the next time you're going to come here? There's literally everything. Like with the music at the moment, I've started a side project as well. So I've decided to work with um, a lot of musicians that I've seen that have completely blown me away in my local scene around where I live. And um, I wanted to put all of them on a CD called Unity. And basically the idea of Unity is that, um, you know, music can... It was going on from what we were talking about, that, you know, music can all bring us together in a form of unity at a really shitty time. And even though you're feeling shit, the music will make you feel better because you know that you're not alone. And I want that to sort of be reflected when people listen to it. So that's going to be great when that comes out. Um, what else? I've uh, been going into stocks a little bit to sort of invest yeah. my money to take new ventures, which has been really fun. Um, starting up this podcast has been, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man, it's been really nerve wracking that um, I don't want to like fumble up my words or anything that I'm putting it out on Apple Podcasts spotify and all these other big places so i want it to you know become or come across to people as professional as possible but i've been really super nervous about that as well but then holding up in you know um covid as well doing all this it's been it's been kind of tough because i think it's been sort of an adaption from that you know we can go and see our about me sorry that i can go and see my family my friends you know we can hug them and everything like that to say, you know, you got to stay away from them in case anything gets um, spread to you. And it's kind of a battle for mental health, which is kind of, I don't know. I think it was something that I kind of wasn't expecting in terms that, you know, I was ready for music to fight my depression or other mental health states. But, and then for this to turn around for 2020 to turn around and say, you know, Oh, you got to stay inside. You can't travel <laughs> yeah. on holiday. You can't hug your loved ones. You've just got to go and work. And it's like, oh, how much of this can I really take? But, you know, it's, I just got to do what I got to do, you know, man. And just 
we'll get through this towards the end. Yeah, man. And I hope it, I hope we can all come out of it a little more compassionate of one another is, is the hope, man. Yeah, I, I feel that as well. I mean, I've seen, I don't know if you've seen them as well. I'm pretty sure you have the videos on Twitter and Facebook and everything of like people giving out vitamins to the homeless and food. And it really does warm my heart in times like these when, you know, there's a global pandemic and people have roofs over their head. They've got food, they've got beds, they've got all the basic necessities to survive. And then people don't, there's, you know, they're sleeping out on the street with no masks, sleeping on the hard concrete and people are actually taking their time out to go and, you know, hand them medicines, water, anything they need. And it, it is really compelling and humbling to see that, that our society can still do that when a global pandemic is happening. So, you know, I, I would like to see us become more compassionate, to, like a step up from that, which would be really beautiful, man. Dude, I love that. And and I definitely need to watch more of those videos instead of just the negative ones. And you're totally right, man. There are there are the helpers out there, man. There are. It will get a better place. We, we just got to give it time, I think, you know. <laughs> but I'll definitely send you that one of the um, astronaut jumping out of the... Um, space yes. spacecraft and he's breaking the Earth's atmosphere don't worry i'll send you that after this as well though man i haven't forgot <laughs> um matt i want to say my friend it's been an absolute honor to have you on the show um if you'd be happy to come back for a part two just let me know oh man. brother listen dude it's great to hear from you it's great to hear your voice i miss that accent um can i get can i get one can i get one fit bird to lead us out here <laughs> you sure can my friend you sure can <laughs> well have a good time at work tonight man take care of yourself all right man. brother thank you so much man we'll be in touch for sure definitely man take yes, care sir.